0: This is an episode that may never be heard by one of the guests we tried to record an audio interview with. Josh Furness can't tolerate the sound of someone speaking into a studio microphone. He feels threatened, like someone is literally talking right next to his ear. Even normal mouth noises can trigger a traumatic reaction. Josh has a condition called misophonia, which means the hatred of sound. Not all sound, though, just certain sounds that trigger a sense of alarm. What does it feel like? And how is it that two people's brains can have such a drastically different response to the same sound? In order to figure this out, we'll be using sound examples throughout this episode. This may cause discomfort for someone with triggers, but I think it's important to attempt to recreate the sensation for those without misophonia. I'm hoping that those who don't suffer from it will have more sympathy for those who do. So if you have misophonia, proceed with caution. We'll be playing possible trigger sounds for the rest of the episode.
1: It feels like a bear is chasing you. You freeze. Whatever you're doing, you're not able to focus on anymore. Your heart races. You feel tense. You feel irritable. I just freeze and close my eyes or cover my ears until it stops.
0: That's Meredith Rosal. Her started at age six.
1: I was sitting on the couch in the living room with my mom, and I could see and hear her shaking her foot, and it gave me this feeling of panic. The hardest part was listening to my parents chew. So at the dinner table, I would cry, and my mom would not know what was wrong. And I remember she would she would teach my sister and I, you know, table manners. So she said, you have to keep your hands in your lap. But I would just want to cover my ear with it. And that would frustrate her. So dinner time was the hardest.
0: It might be hard to understand the distress of listening to someone chew. But Dr. Ali Matu, a clinical psychologist at Columbia University, describes it this way.
2: You're experiencing it as as if someone is chewing right in your face to the point where maybe their spit or the bits of their food are just flying all over you. So maybe it is it is tapping into this basic aversion that we all
0: have. As a cognitive behavioral therapist, Dr. Matu says misophonia is a new term, one without a clear psychiatric definition.
2: It's a part of a set of sensory experiences we're beginning to better understand, like ASMR, like synesthesia. We're beginning to understand that our senses are are more complicated and there's more diversity to how we experience our senses than we knew before. And I think part of the reason we're beginning to understand this is the internet. We've heard from communities that weren't really formed before about how people were sharing a similar type of experience and now researchers are beginning to catch up and we're we're seeing this more in clinical environments.
1: My triggers are eating, gum popping, slurping, feet shuffling, the sight of leg shaking, and also the sound if it makes a sound. Bass coming from cars and apartments. Keyboard typing. Newer ones are whistling and humming. And then there's a
2: lot of unique ones that people have. One of my roommates in grad school hated it when I was eating ice cream and I would get to the very bottom of my bowl and try to scrape the last little bits of melted ice cream out of my bowl using my spoon. Just that scraping sound of the spoon on the bowl infuriated him. Did he have misophonia? I don't know. But that was a real unique sound that bothered him and doesn't bother
0: me. Over email, Josh Furness said that he's tried a bunch of different things to try and reduce his reaction to triggers. A newly sick or allergic (laughs) colleague can flatline him. And anyone eating in a meeting can render him useless. Even the Mac laptop keyboards are unbearable.
2: Some of the things that people tend to share with me are anger at hearing everyday sounds, sometimes anxiety related to those sounds, and sometimes disgust. But it sometimes can be heightened with close loved ones.
3: We think that what's going on is that the brain is monitoring these sounds or having a disorder in the way that it's monitoring these sounds and interpreting them.
0: That's Philip Gander, an assistant research scientist from the University of Iowa.
3: I work in the departments of neurosurgery and otolaryngology, and I work as an auditory neuroscientist researching questions on auditory cognition, uh, how we interpret and understand sound. So normally what we do is we study Perception, our experience of the external world. But interoception is just the opposite, it's our experience of our internal world. And so there are increasing number of studies in which people are pointing out that we can modulate our cognitive responses or performance on tasks based on our heartbeat and our heartbeat based on our breathing pattern. In the case of misophonia, what we think is going on is this is a a disorder that, that really gets at people's experiences of their internal world are severely disturbed. And so where they hear a regular sound like someone eating some food, then they have an interpretation of that sound that leads them to have a really extreme response. Either they need to get out of the space where that sound is occurring, or they need to stop that sound from occurring.
0: Philip was part of an international team of researchers that studied misophonia. Using MRI scans and physiological measurements, they showed that misophonic subjects legitimately have a strong reaction in both the brain and body.
3: We found evidence for changes in the brain's response, specifically in the group suffering from misophonia, to the misophonic sound, or trigger sounds specifically. So not to the control sounds and not to other unpleasant sounds. What we found was an overreaction in areas of the brain that are involved in interpreting sound. Philip Gander's study shows that there is
0: clear evidence that the brains of misophonia sufferers respond very differently to certain
3: sounds. That's extremely clear in the case of misophonia, in which we have people who hear the exact same sound and have what we'll call a regular response, in which it doesn't bother them, it doesn't make them want to get away from that sound and stop it. Whereas other people are having an extreme reaction in which they want to do exactly that. And this clearly has to do with something related to their response to the sound, and that's information that's being fed up from the auditory system to our perceptual systems and our emotional systems that are interpreting and putting meaning to the sound.
0: But for those who suffer from misophonia, identifying the cause is not as important as finding a treatment. Navigating a world where ordinary sounds can be distressing is exhausting and sometimes isolating. It also has an impact on close relationships. While the research is developing, is there anything that can be done now? More on that in a moment. Why should you learn another language with Babbel? Well, there are a ton of reasons, but let's see how many I can fit into 60 seconds. First, Babbel works fast. You can start having conversations in another language in as little as three weeks. Next, it makes overseas vacations more fun and less stressful. I used it all the time on my last trip to Italy. If you work with foreign collaborators, Babbel can help you deepen those relationships. It's a fun thing to do when you need a break, and it's way better than doom scrolling. Babbel teaches you about other cultures, Speaking for myself, learning something new just makes me feel good. It's very affordable. And finally, signing up for Babbel helps support 20,000 Hertz. Okay, make that eight reasons, or otto ragioni, as they'd say in Italian. To get started on a new language today, here's a special limited time deal for 20,000 Hertz listeners. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription right now at Babbel.com slash twenty K. This offer is only available for our listeners. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash two zero K for 55% off. Babbel.com slash 20 K. Rules and restrictions may apply. When I think about hiring, it just seems like it's more work, more stress, and more pressure. But here's how Indeed takes away all that worry. Indeed is the world's number one matching and hiring platform with over 350 million visitors every month. Indeed cuts out the work of hiring with smart AI technology that helps you find the right candidate quickly. It takes the stress out of the process with scheduling, screening, and messaging all in one place. So you know exactly what you're up to in the hiring process because Indeed keeps track of everything for you. Then, Indeed relieves the pressure of choosing the right person. That's because their skill tests give you the confidence that you've got the right candidate. So now when you think of hiring, don't think of all those negatives. Just think of Indeed. To try Indeed for yourself, with a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility, visit Indeed.com Hertz. Just go to Indeed.com Hertz right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Hertz. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NetSuite has simple solutions for complicated business problems. For example, let's say you open a bakery. Before long, your hotcakes are selling like, well, hotcakes. But you keep running out of ingredients. No problem, because not only can NetSuite automate your purchasing so you're never out of stock, but it can also check that your staff have the right training to make those hotcakes to perfection. Mm. NetSuite can even handle online orders so your hotcakes can really take off. Having one system handling all of this saves both time and money. And if there's two things we all want more of, it's time and money. Okay, so three things if you include hotcakes. That's probably why more than 37,000 businesses have already signed up for NetSuite by Oracle. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com 20K now to take advantage of this offer. That's netsuite.com two zero K. netsuite.com 20K. Over email, Josh Furness said that he's tried a bunch of different things to try and reduce his reaction to triggers. One study he participated in was a disaster. He said it was so traumatic that it made a few of his triggers even worse. However, another technique called mindfulness-based stress reduction seemed to reduce the effect of his triggers by about 20%. Meredith Rosal has her own techniques as well.
1: I've seen a psychologist for cognitive behavioral therapy for certain situational anxiety, like medical situation anxiety, separate from this. So I think I kind of unknowingly adopted the CBT techniques towards my misophonia. Like I wasn't very cognizant of it. But if I'm sitting there experiencing a trigger, I'll know that that person's not doing it to harm me. They're not doing it deliberately. If it's a friend that I told to stop and they're doing it again, they simply forgot. And I know that, okay, I have options I can get out of this. If I'm sitting on the bus and someone is tapping their foot next to me, well, when I was younger, I'd be nervous to, like, move because I was paranoid of what people would think of me. But now that I'm an adult, I don't care. I I could move to three different seats on the bus, you know, as long as I'm comfortable. No one's watching me. No one cares.
0: Dr. Ali Matu says that a lot of people who experience misophonia don't always have other types of impairments, so they still go through their day like everyone else.
2: They might still go to school. They might still go to work but they all tend to have a high degree of distress. So inside, they are so strongly reacting to these sounds. I'm looking at those two things. How impairing is it and how distressing is it? That's where I usually find people who are really having a hard time is internally, it is so turbulent, it is so difficult, it's like. Like a storm inside that no one on the outside can see. So the first thing I tell people is, it's okay to avoid sounds that trigger you. And that might not be a message they've received
1: before. I usually get myself out of the situation or mask it. There's probably been two times i've asked somebody to stop which sounds terrible because you think i would be so like oh i'm gonna advocate for myself and all that but i'm like i always think well what if that person has to do it just to focus or you know it's a very difficult task a stranger it's funny when i uh i'll meet up with a friend who also has misophonia we'll go we'll go to a bar or a restaurant and before we sit down we say okay wait where do you want to sit okay wait is there any leg shaking over there no okay What do you want to eat? No, don't. No one will get the chips. You know, it's like so funny to like talk to someone and like negotiate and make sure we don't trigger each other. Also, some people are triggered by silverware, too. So in that case, you're like, now wait, cover your ears. I'm going to cut this. Okay, I'm done.
2: The main thing I want to help people to do is learn how to tolerate that distress, how to manage that emotion in a better way. Finding activities that distract you from sounds. Contributing to other people to get you focused on someone else instead of what's going on in your mind. Making a comparison to yourself in a different time when you were coping better with a situation Or comparing yourself to someone else who might be struggling more. Creating emotions that undo anger. Temporarily pushing yourself away from the situation that is difficult
0: for you. Meredith is grateful that her reactions are more moderate.
1: A lot of people have aggressive reactions. Their gut instinct will be to punch a wall or break something. It puts a lot of strain on relationships. Plenty of people have had divorces. I never want it to prohibit me from doing what I like to do in my life. I'll just try to set myself up for success and do what I can.
0: It's mind-blowing how little we know about how our brains interpret sound. And misophonia is yet another example of how the same sounds can produce totally different results in people. Sound can soothe us, or sound can disturb us. And there's an infinite number of possibilities in between. Eventually, we'll gain a greater scientific understanding. But for now, the current research validates those with misophonia. They truly do respond differently, and that alone is a relief to those who suffer from it. For the rest of us, it's important to be empathetic and patient. All in all, this is yet another reason why it's so important to make our world a better sounding place. 20,000 Hertz is lovingly crafted out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound team that supports advertising agencies, television networks, filmmakers, and really anyone who needs amazing sound design for anything visual. Check out our recent work at defactosound.com.
1: This episode was written and produced by Carolyn McCulley.
0: And me, Dallas Taylor.
1: With help from Sam Sneebly.
2: It was edited, sound designed, and mixed by Jai Berger.
0: Thanks to our guests, Dr. Philip Gander, Dr. Ali Matu, Meredith Rosal, and Josh Furness. You can read more about Dr. Gander's research by searching online for the brain basis for misophonia. You can check out Dr. Ali Matu's YouTube channel, The Psych Show. And you can tweet at Josh Furnas, at J-O-S-H-F-U-R-N-A-S. The music in this episode is from our friends at Musicbed. Musicbed wants to make sure you find the perfect song for your project. Not only do they have incredible browse and search tools, but they also have people on staff who are dedicated to helping you find the perfect song. At no extra charge, they'll send you suggestions based on what you're looking for. Consider them another member of your team. Find them at musicbed.com. Visit our website to read transcripts, buy a sticker, see my face, whatever. You can find all of that at 20k.org. You can also send us feedback or let us know about a topic we should cover. You can do that through Facebook, Twitter, or hi at 20k.org. Finally, I was looking through the podcast charts and it's legitimately shocking how few totally independent podcasts exist at the top of the charts. Now, we're nowhere near the top, but it's impressive how far we are, especially with absolutely no network support. If you wanna support independent podcasting, I seriously need your help. There's no way we can do it on our own. I need you to text your friends and family. And remember, our show is totally clean, so tell parents they can listen with their kids. I also need for you to tell your social groups and tell people in real life. If you have to borrow someone's phone to show them how to listen to a podcast, then do that. The bottom line is that there's no way we'll survive for the long haul without your support and help. Thanks for listening.